Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wilde, TV host by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night, and a health and a life coach always. From hashtag to movement, we believe that loving all sides of you is what's healthy, and healthy is hot. Come hang out as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely gonna be some laughing, and hopefully you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life, to live your healthiest hot life. Brought to you by Clarence. I may or may not fangirl pretty hard in this episode. I'm almost like a little bit embarrassed and almost edit it all out. But at the same time, I feel like um, sometimes in life, we are lucky enough to look up to someone, respect them, and then we get to cross paths. This is how I feel about Jessie Cruikshank. She is someone who I loved watching on television growing up on the Hills After Show. And when I got into the TV industry and we got to work in the same building for a short period of time, I almost like couldn't make eye contact every time I walked by her because I thought she was so, so amazing. Of course, over the years, we've crossed paths many times, and it's been so fun to see her career just absolutely explode with, you know, being on CBC's The Goods, Canada's Smartest Person, her Facebook digital show called New Mom Who Dis, and most recently, her live comedy tour across Canada. It's just been such a blast. And so to have Jessie on the Healthiest Hot podcast is really, really such a treat. I mean, this is someone who I love because she's unfiltered, she's raw, she's candid, and she's so damn relatable, especially watching her go through motherhood. Um, She's got three beautiful kids at home, and she does not hold back when she lets people in on how beautiful it is, but how challenging it is. And she's someone who's very driven with her career. So I want to know in this chat, is there such a thing as balance? Can you have it all? Does Jessie Cruikshank have it all? Does she feel on top of her health game? Ooh, the answer might surprise you. Let's dive in. But I, I'll never forget when I finally got the job and I watched you like I was so such a fan of the Hills and the Hills after show. And I remember walking into the building and one of the first times you and I crossed paths and I was like, how in the world am I ever going to work alongside these people? And so I went from like a fan of yours just like little teeny bopper. I mean, we're not the RH Griffin's not that that bad. I'm not making you sound old, but like I was such a fan of you. And then I got to work alongside you. And then it's just been so fun and wild watching you literally be the architect of this life that you're living. So the inner fan girl in me is freaking the fuck out. Oh my God. Did you, we ever stop? Like when you first started, I remember when you started, but did you, we ever connect about that? Like, did you ever No, you just kept it inside. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I yeah. would have been so honored and I would have been like, ask me any questions, you know, but to be honest, I'm sure I probably would have met you and been like, would I have imagined that you would be here doing it 10 years later, successfully growing, growing your business and your brand? Like, no, it's amazing what you have built in those 10 years. So you need to give yourself all the credit for that. Yes. yes. 
reminder, self high five. But now that I'm in my mid thirties, I'm shameless. So I tell people how I feel and that's me, you know, declaring my utmost respect and admiration for you, Jesse. Well, I'm truly, truly honored. Like that really means the world. So, um, thanks. (laughs) Yo, I really want to start with this live show that you just ran. First of all, the name is amazing up close and too personal because uh, you've always just been someone who's been so open and so raw and wildly unfiltered. Like before it was cool to be unfiltered. <laughs> You're so right, actually. Yeah. Do you know, like, here's what I will say. And do, you started at Much Music, right? Like briefly. Yes. And then, okay, yes. So, and you were you with the VJ that was. Yeah. Oh my God, Chloe. So this is. I mean, tell me if I'm going off track or just like cut the shit out of me. Give it to I'm me. Just gonna, so like when I started at MTV or when I auditioned for or sent in a tape to work at MTV, at that time, it was really only much music was the thing in Canada. I had grown up watching VJs and like idolizing that they got to talk to the Backstreet Boys. Like that was my childhood, like rewinding intimate and interactives on VHS in my parents' basement to like watch Howie D look at the camera in a sexual fashion when I was 14. And so I like wanted that, but at the time there was only the VJ search and I would never in a million years have put myself in the position that you did. Like I was, would never have gone on national television to try out for something like the fear of rejection would have, I would never, I would have never done it. I applied for MTV. Cause it was like, you could send in a tape and if nobody saw it, nobody saw it. But then when I started there, I didn't, I was like trying to be a much music VJ. Cause that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember doing like a double finger point to Canada and saying like, what's up nation. And the guy who hired me, the VP pulled me aside and was like, why are you talking like that? Like just, we hired you to be you just talk like you. And I was like, wait, what? You don't need to like say what's up and point at the camera, like all of the VJs who have come before me. And he was like, no, just be funny and be you. And so I like was given the freedom in that job to just be me. But it is true. Cause at the time there was a lot of sort of like, you know, shiny personalities who, who would read a prompter and, people love them for it, but I certainly was not that. This is such like a politically correct way of saying what you and I truly both understand, but I, I respect the choice of language. But um, I, I think no shame. Cause that yeah, was the time. That 100%. was the time, right? It was like, you know, if you were on camera, you were like gorgeous and perfect and were like cool. The objective was always to be cool. And I think that was the major mold break for Dan and I is that we were objectively not cool and we couldn't fake it. (laughs) So like when you're on camera long enough for a long enough time, people are eventually going to be like, oh, they are not. They're just like us. Yeah. Which is so funny because I, I mean, I still don't think I'm a cool person, but when I did the VJ search, you say you would never have done that. I was in like a very dark place in my life. Like I was not okay. I was like between degrees and McGill. I was a science student. I was obsessed with neuroscience and physiology. And I went through a little bit of a mental health scare. So I ended up on a sabbatical and Jesse, like I just lost my identity because all I had known was, Hey, I'm Chloe. I'm a McGill nerd. I love science and I love Quidditch. 
And then all of a sudden that I was taken even, away. For the record, I don't even know what Quidditch is. Continue. Go on. Go on. Harry, go it's on. Harry, it's yeah, Harry, it's Harry Potter. Potter with brooms or something. Yes. It, and McGill had a team and I went to all the games. But anyways, that's just a fun fact about me. And so I literally didn't know who the fuck I was. And so when the VJ search commercial like popped up on my TV screen, I was like, why not try to be a VJ? I'm clearly very confused about who I am and what I'm doing in this world. And that's that's literally why. I put myself on a national reality show, which I mean, I'm so grateful for. Don't know that I would ever do it again, but that was what brought me there. And again, not a very cool person, not a very cool person. So I felt like I didn't fit in either. And still to this day, 10 years in, sometimes I'm like, huh, do I fit in here? But nowadays I feel like it's cool to be who you are, even if you're quirky and weird. Absolutely. But this is shocking to me because first and foremost, the fact that you would put yourself out there, that was the fear for me is that my friends, I mean, I was so close to co- to high school and college and, and those friends or even those acquaintances mean the world to you. Like you yeah. care what they think. So the fact that you would go out there and put yourself out there on national television and not give a shit about what those people would think. Yeah. I was lost. Wow. I was yeah. very lost. But I mean, oh, hey, it amazing. worked out. It worked it's out amazing. and like it worked out. It you know, out. Wow. So be weird and quirky. So yay. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm like, I'm I'm just, I don't have it in me. I'm pretty have always been pretty guarded about what I want in life. And I would have never have told anyone out loud that I wanted to be on television because like where I came from, what a ridiculous dream to have. I don't even think my parents knew until I had to tell them that I had auditioned for this job. Like, you know, I just, I never, ever like to put it out, to put my dreams out there because I'm so afraid that they won't come true. Is that <laughs> so still the fact true now? That in front of everybody is amazing. Oh my gosh. Is that still true now? Like, do you still hold on to your dreams? For sure. Close? For sure. For sure. I mean, in this business, it's like, you're just, I'm, I'm so tough. I'm just so used to constantly, um, getting no's or being disappointed or having that. I just, I I exist on this, like, I'm going to, I'm going to have huge dreams and huge goals and I'm going to pursue them, but never in a way that is public. (laughs) And when they come true, I get the joy of sharing that with the public, but nobody really knows what goes into those coming true for me. Cause I am pretty guarded about it. So, okay. So that, I mean, that's, I respect that though. Cause especially, especially in this business, there's just like so much rejection and so much effort to still kind of be in this business, mm-hmm. um, which I think is something people don't really realize. They're like, Oh, you're on TV. Once you're on TV forever. Like, ta-da! Yes. not yeah. really like that, but thank you for thinking of it like that guys. We'll take it. We'll take right. it. So that moment then when you went from auditioning, sending in a tape that nobody yeah. knew about to yeah. fast forward to just recently wrapping up the live show, going to the Hollywood theater in Vancouver, which is where you're from, which is also where you grew up like five minutes from there. You saw Titanic there. You had your 12th birthday party there. You had your first date there. And then you went ahead and performed your own show to a sold out crowd. Mm. I mean, that's amazing. Like, what was that? What was that night? Like, I'm sure all the shows were special, but especially to be performing at the Hollywood theater in Vancouver, where you had so many special milestones growing up. I mean, so crazy. And Chloe, I've listened to your podcast and you make people cry. And I'm like, I said to myself, I have to shoot later and I have a full lash on right now. And I said to myself before we started recording, I was like, just don't cry. Okay. Listen, bitch, just do not. But like, I do, you're making me emotional because 
I actually, I really do feel like this tour and today is such an exciting day because we announced that I am adding new dates and tickets are going on pre-sale on the 6th, right? And for sale July 8th. And I hope that if you miss the first round of the tour, you come out to the second. Um, but it really was like the a pinnacle of my career. And you've been in this business 10. I've been this in this business 15 years, if that doesn't make you feel old. And so like of all, I think for me, the most special thing is that I have connected with people, viewers, since like you, they were kids, tweens, teenagers, like I, we grew up together. I have gone through, I have, I have kids, I have a family. I have like gone through so many incarnations in my career. And here I am on stage having this amazing, hilarious, fun, shared experience with thousands of people across the country who have grown up with me. Like, I can't even tell you how special it was. The Vancouver show, I, when I said goodnight, I was like holding back tears because there were all my friends from high school were there. My parents were there. Like I definitely didn't want my parents to come. The show is not appropriate for them, but they were there. All the people who have sort of been there with me and supported me along the way were there. Um, and the tour was literally the scariest thing I've ever done. And so to finish it up in my hometown with a sold out yeah. show and now to be adding more dates, like it's just been the most gratifying thing, really. And I worked, I, I can say this out loud, like I worked so hard for it, you know, for 15 years, I worked to, um, to have those two and a half hours on, on, on those stages. Yo, two and a half hours is <laughs> yes. a long time as long well. as, to yeah. be on stage. Like that is you and a microphone sharing your life, sharing your story for two and a half hours. Well, like, you know, I had a Zoom call with Live Nation last week and they were like, Jesse, the biggest comedians in the world do 60 minutes. Can you just do 60 minutes and call it a day? Like it would be much easier for all of us. And I firmly believe like, no, I have this inherent guilt that if you're going to spend money for, to see me, and it's not that much money, but I still, if you're going to spend money, if you're going to take time, a lot of my audience, many of them have kids. Like if you're going to hire a babysitter or make this a date night or have a girl's night out, some people traveled like many, many provinces to come and see me. Like, if you're going to do that, then I want to give you a fucking amazing. Can I swear on this? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I want to give you a fucking amazing show start to finish. So my show, I have like a nineties, two thousands dance music video, basically like a much music video dance party from the minute you walk in when the doors open. And that was like a real thing for me. I was like, I want the experience, the Jesse experience to start from the minute you walk into the minute you leave. So it really is like four hours of nonstop entertainment from start to finish. And like so many people have said it was, and this has a lot to do too with the last few years, but people have said like, this was the best night I can remember. I've never laughed so hard. Like I just, I feel like it's, I'm trying to give people an escape. Mm. Um, and maybe my next tour will be like a hard 60 minutes. Maybe I'll take the advice, but I, I this one, I just, I have so much like guilt that people are coming to see me. I want to give them the best show possible. Dude, I have so much respect. I can't wait to come see. I didn't, wasn't even able to come to the first round. I'm definitely coming to the second round because I hear 
your big goal is you really hope that people pee their pants a little bit. And I definitely am that girl that when I start to cackle and, you know, knee slap laughter, a little bit of pee comes on. I feel like that's the most beautiful compliment you can give to a comedian. And honestly, Chloe, you haven't even had children. So your like, incontinence is, I, I would earn that honestly. Most most women who pee while laughing have had one or two kids. Like I'm, I'm basically peeing right now. While <laughs> I can't control it. Um, so yes, that was a big goal. And then there's a part of my show where um, I talk about how like truly sad my bras are. Um, it's really, it's a, it's not something I'm proud of. I have a lot of shame, but in my audience, I'm never alone. So I asked the women in my audience to take off their bras and throw them on the stage. And when I told my tour manager, this was part of the show, she's like, no, one's going to, what are you, you're out of your, no, one's going to do that. And I was like, I know my, I know my girls, I know my girls. And so every night in every city, we would have a bet. Like who's going to, is Halifax going to, is Winnipeg going to bring it? Who's going to bring it. And we had like 38 bras thrown on the stage in Toronto. And then we had like 46 in Vancouver, like (laughs) the late, it was a Saturday night. The bar was open. The ladies are wild. So I want a little pee for you, but I also want your sad bra to be thrown on the stage. Oh, I will bring my saddest bra. I basically wear like training bras that are like stained and you know, like the deodorant is just not going to come out because it's just so stacked. So I'm going to bring my most sad bra to your show. I feel like because I know you really love nineties music and like boy bands and stuff, I feel like you're just trying to live your boy band moment where like back in the day, you know, the girls used to throw a little trinket. You're just living your dream with sad bras. What you really are just like, you just is therapized a word. You really just, you, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I, there are moments where I'm just being, there are bras just being thrown (laughs) at me and I just, I take a moment, take it all in. And I'm like, this is my Nick Carter moment. Yeah. This is, oh, yeah. I am Kevin Richardson. Yeah. And I feel like if Kevin was here, he would, he would look at you and say, yeah, she deserves it. She deserves <sighs> this title. You know, yeah. I have had, and I do talk a little bit about some of my, I tell, I tell some celebrity stories. I'm not allowed to tell you have as many, if not more than I do. And so this is partly why I was like, I need to do a live show. Cause I can't tell these stories on a podcast. I can't tell them on my show. I can't tell them on the internet. I have to do it in a place where people are going to put their phones away and then I can tell them everything. So I do have several celebrity stories, but like I did meet Nick Carter once. And this is after on, on when I was on eTalk, this is after idolizing this person. Okay. Like he was going to be my husband. I was able to do a one-on-one interview with him at his dancing with the stars rehearsal. And I was sweat, like so nervous. I mean, I can't even like I'm meeting the person who was supposed to be my husband, the person whose face was all over my wall. And he walked in with sweatpants. It's time for Chloe's Clarence pick of the week. All right. I'm really sorry to have interrupted the chat, but I've got a really awesome tonic body treatment oil to talk to you about from Clarence. This is amazing. Okay, so I am not one to put oils on my skin, to be completely honest. I'm all about serums on my face, but oil on my skin, I don't know, makes me a little bit nervous, weirdly, and I don't want it to stain my clothes. But I have tried this product, and I am sold. First and foremost, it doesn't stain clothing, so yes. Secondly, it's formulated with 100% pure plant extracts. 
100%. That's like an A+. And this oil visibly firms, tones, and improves elasticity, like all amazing things. But I think my favorite thing about this is the smell. It smells so good. It's got a combination of geranium, mint, and rosemary. I mean, can you smell it even when I just say it? It honestly feels like I'm in a spa when I'm just, you know, in my tiny bathroom in my apartment in downtown Toronto. And I like put it in between my hands. I inhale a couple of times, like really take in the smell. And then I go ahead and do a little self-care. They recommend putting this on with like a little bit of dampness on your skin to really help the oil go in, um, which I'm finding really, really helps. I'm doing this now like a couple times a week because I'm enjoying it so much. Um, and then the last thing I want to tell you guys about is a little fun fact for you. So one of the key natural ingredients in it is hazelnut, one of my favorite nuts. And hazelnut's actually really good for your skin because it retains moisture and nourishes the skin because it's full of rich, it's full of omega-9 um, fats as well as vitamin E. And this really helps to lock in moisture to smooth the skin from shoulders to toes. So my friends, why don't you go ahead and try it? Let me know what you think. And let's get back to the chat. Like ill-fitting, you know, like an elastic bottom sweatpant and a backpack. <laughs> and he was kind of sweaty. And I just, I, like all of the nerves just disappeared from my body. And I was like, this is a real person with a backpack in which he keeps his belongings and sweatpants that don't fit well. This is not the like icon legend man that I had <laughs> revered for like 35 years. And it really was like a turning point. I was like, I actually feel like I could have married a Backstreet Boy, you know? I feel like you married like a much, you know, like better man than a backstreet boy. Like, I feel like you got a good teammate. Good. So um, I'm going to have to disagree. I would have <laughs> trade him. I would trade him for like three out of the five backstreet boys any day. And like he knows him. that he's well aware. Yeah. He's never going to listen to this. He doesn't even know I'm doing it, but he, he's well aware. <laughs> well, I'm, this is why sometimes they say, don't meet your heroes. And then sometimes it's worth it because it just humanizes them. And then you feel better about yourself and your dreams. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, please. Yes. I still love him. I was still screaming at the Backstreet Boys concert literally two weeks ago. I'm still like an adult boy band fan and I have no shame about it, but yeah, it really was like a humanizing moment. Oh, I mean, when it comes to your show, I mean, is anything off limits? I've seen images of you, you know, pumping milk on stage. Now we know women take off their bras. You yeah. tell celebrity stories that I'm sure your previous employers would prefer you didn't like, do you just bear all? Yeah, actually, one of my previous employers asked for tickets to the show, and I made up a lie as to why I couldn't get her a ticket because I did not want her to see the shit that I'm talking about on stage. No, nothing is off limits. First of all, when you name your show up close and too personal, people want, expect things they're not going to get anywhere else. So after releasing the name of the show, I realized I better deliver on that promise. And then it really is like my show is amazing because I got a few, especially in, in like Halifax and Edmonton, I literally had people coming on stage after for the meet and greet being like, I never heard of you, but I saw an ad in the local paper and here we are. And you're real funny. I got like 10 of those people and the rest 
are just my people, yeah. you know? And so there's a real comfort there. And I know that mm-hmm. I can tell them things and I know that they feel the same way. And there was a point, um, where I have a baby, um, she's currently napping. So if you hear screaming, I'm just going to ignore it. Uh, and I'll get her out of her crib when we're done, but I have a baby and there was a real panic about going on tour and having to pump mm. and live nation was involved with how FedEx was going to ship the breast milk. And it was like this whole thing about supporting me or attempting to support me as I'm going on tour as like a a relatively new mom. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Most of my audience has had babies or have babies and may or may not be pumping in the audience of the theater on the show night. So I'm just, instead of pumping backstage, taking off the pump and running on stage, I'm just going to do it right out of the gate. It's like kill two birds with one stone. So I do come on stage pumping breast milk. And that way I have a solid three hours without like boob pain where I can just go through the show. And then I pump as soon as I get off. But it really was like, it was practical, but it was also like, why not show the reality that I'm living um, in front of all of these women? Many of them are living the same thing. Oh man. And then you get, you can know, if you, if you want, you got milk, you got milk that you can can Absolutely. send later to the babe oh. to the babe. Oh yes. Oh, all the milk has been sent and enjoyed to babe. So please, it's it's very much a practical endeavor. Oh man. Well, so you have three like beautiful, beautiful kiddos. And obviously you were touring, doing your thing. And that happened to happen while Mother's Day was going on. And you shared something on social that resonated so deeply with me. And I'm not a mom, but I was raised by a single mom. And I saw firsthand how heavy and deep mom guilt can be. And I love that you shared, you know, you, you spent Mother's Day with an incredible sold out crowd, um, but you felt guilty at first. And then- you realize that as a mom, all you want is for your kids to pursue their dreams. And then you share as moms, why do we feel guilty when we pursue ours? Even just reading it, I get goosebumps. And again, right. like, I'm not a mom, but like, <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. I see it in my friends. I remember growing up and seeing my mom struggle with it. And it's something really real and palatable. Yeah. I mean, your mom is incredible to be a single mom. Cause I, I just, I have a very supportive partner who plays a very active role and supports not just my family, but me and my career dreams and goals, but I can't imagine being a single mom. And yeah, I mean, my, I had a working mother and I gave her so much shit for not being home because it, mm-hmm. you know, like when I grew up nine, late nineties, there was most of, a lot of my friends had moms at home and we would go to their house and their moms would make us a little snack, have a little cookies, like be around, pick us up. My mom was not around. And I would say things to her, like, you know, why don't you make cookies? Like the other moms, did you do the same thing? Oh yeah. I was a total bitch. Yeah. I'm still saying sorry now at 33. Like I'm like, I'm so sorry. I was a nightmare child. Right. Because what I didn't realize is while she wasn't making me the cookies, she was giving me an example for a strong, not that stay at home moms are not strong, please stay at home moms are stronger than any of us, but like for this working parent. And she showed me that it was a possibility to have both. And now I'm finding it's very hard, very hard to have both, but I think about her all the time. And like, you know, she did it and she provided, she was that role model for me. Um, so yeah, I felt, I felt, I feel a lot of guilt. I'm, I'm, I like 
literally tomorrow I signed up to go on a field trip with my kids for their preschool. And I, now I have a work thing and I don't think I can do it. And I like, haven't told the school or the kids we're hours away from the thing because I'm, I feel so guilty about it. Like every day there's something that I, that I feel guilty about um, when it comes to being a mom and I'm trying to get better. And I have this amazing supportive community on my new mom who is platform that like is always there and always says the right things to me when I need to hear them. But yeah, that's something I'm, I'm working on it. I mean, how do you, how do you deal with the guilt? Like, again, like I, I can't, I can't relate, but I can relate in a very different regard. Like if I have something and then a work thing comes up, yeah. I feel like shit for bailing on a friend or maybe it's my partner or whatever, but yeah. I'm someone who, when like a work opportunity comes up, I, I want to say yes. Cause it feels yeah. like true to me and aligned with where I want to go. So I can't even imagine like the amount of moms that are listening to this who are like, it is tough stuff. I mean, how do you kind of get through when you're feeling the guilt, but you know, your heart's leaning one way or the other? Well, first of all, I want to just like, and I just noticed that like my boobs have been hanging out this entire (laughs) interview I'm wearing. uh, I told Chloe, I did not dress up for her. I'm wearing like my husband's disgusting. Like you dress down, you dress very down, very down. And like, you can see a nipple. So I'm just going to button that up. I I didn't even notice. I would have told you. Okay, good. Well, thank God for your audience. They couldn't see the sad flap of skin that used to be a breast that was exposed this entire conversation. Okay. um, The guilt. So here's what I need to be very honest about. Like I suck at balancing it all. And if I ever give off the impression that I have it all together and I have figured it out, I do not. I don't think there's such thing as balance. If there is like somebody, please tell me how you do it. Cause for me, it's just, it's absolutely impossible for me to have work and I have kids and I have nothing else that includes no time for myself, no time to like take care of myself in the most basic ways, no time for my relationship. My husband and I are just like ships in the night who are just trying to get through. We're both working parents, like trying to keep the kids alive. We will like connect. We'll be like, good night. And that's it. Like I have no time, barely any time for friends. Like I'm just working kids. And I feel like for me, that's what it is right now. And that's the, that's the zone that I'm in and the kids will get older and the baby will get older and I will kind of come out of it. And I will be able to hopefully have more time for those things. But right now I'm just in this like zone where there's no time for anything else. And if anybody else feels like they're in that zone, like I'm with you. And I think that there is light at the end of the tunnel and it will change as our kids grow, but that that's where I'm at right now. It's not very healthy, ironically. Well, it sounds like at least, you know, the two priorities work and kids glad the kids are in there. Got to keep those little kiddos alive and fed and diapers change and all the other stuff you probably have to do. But like, I also think it's okay that it's work and kids. Like, I think that, you know, your friends will, the ones who really love you will still be there when the kids maybe go to school and you've got more time. Like yeah. your husband ships in the night, you know, at least you yes. were able to say good night, but, yes. but Jesse, we got to make sure that you take care of yourself too. Like, can you just turn this podcast into an intervention? I really need it. I really do. Cause I mean, you gotta, you gotta fill your cup if you're going to keep pouring it out. So I know it's tough. I can't even honestly, once again, I can only empathize. I can't really relate, no, but please. how, 
I mean, do you try to check in with your health, both like physical health and mental health throughout? Cause I know that's also a very common struggle. I know with a lot of my friends who are moms, it's just, they feel like their personal health, their personal internal health is just, there's just no time. And therefore it goes to the bottom of the priority list. Yeah. Uh, yes. No, that's me. Um, so my insides so are busy with the black. kids. I just don't have time, but the fact is I don't make time. Yeah. I don't make time and I need to get better at making time. And, um, recently this is like, we went on a vacation, which is like, uh, I had finished my tour. My husband had a, who works in film and television had like a break between shows. It was like this little window. We booked it a week before we're like, let's go on a family vacation day one. We're in this gorgeous villa in Mexico. My kids are so excited. There's like a four poster bed. My boys are jumping on the bed. I put the baby on the bed for fun. I'm standing at the base of the bed and the baby who's a maniac, just like beelines for the edge of the bed. And in order to prevent her from falling off, I was like the fucking flash, like every force of my body went towards the bed to stop her from falling off of it. And I slipped, you're allowed to laugh and rammed my chest into this wood bed <gasps> and broke my rib. <laughs> no, I swear to God. And like my baby was fine, but I literally broke my rib cage and I was like, it's fine. It's fine. Like I'm having difficulty breathing, but it's fine. And when I finally got home for the vacation, my husband was like, you need to get this checked out. And I got an x-ray and the doctor was like, bitch, your ribs are broken. You need to take care of yourself. And I was like, I don't have time. I don't have time. So like, literally I am, my body is literally I'm <laughs> breaking it for my children. And I don't even have time to like, relax and heal it. Um, so this feels like a sign. It feels like a literal manifestation yeah. of what is going on in my life. And I do for the first time since having this baby, I felt like lying on my back with like ice and heat and a broken rib cage. Two nights ago, I was like, Jesse, something needs to change. Like I interventioned myself. I was like, this is not healthy. We need to take some time for ourselves to take care of my body, my mind, all of it. So after this podcast, I promise you, like, let's check back in. I promise you I'm going to get better. Like maybe just the odd glass of water, maybe, and you know, the odd multivitamin, let's start small. Let's start Absolutely. small. Absolutely. I've been thinking a lot about that lately. I need to take a multivitamin. <laughs> you know, my trick is for multivitamins. You got to get the gummy ones because they're just oh, way yes. more fun. And you actually look forward to them. Oh my God. Yes. Well, let me just tell you that again, I realize this is not a visual medium, but I have been taking prenatal vitamins for basically the last four years. <laughs> and so I have all this like insane, I'm showing Chloe, my like Bridgerton baby bang right now. I have all this insane hair growth and like my hair is coming in. My nails are stronger. I'm like, oh, this vitamin thing really works. I should try it. So basically just stay on prenatals for the rest of your life. That's great. I, I, I support that. Okay. I'm a doctor, you know, health coach. That's it. I say, take the prenatals forever. Right? <laughs> I mean, please. It can't hurt it's better than nothing. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love that you're on the healthiest hot podcast and you're like, I got no time to focus on my health, but you, you know, know, you keep I children alive. Declined, I feel like that I, takes guts. I almost declined the invite Chloe. Cause I was like, this is, I, 
It's, I mean, my husband saw this, we have a family calendar and I don't know how to not, I'm so bad with technology. I don't know how to not show all of my notifications so that they come on the family calendar. So like, if I'm like wax, Evan's like, you have a wax at 2 PM today. Don't forget. I'm like, Oh damn it. Did I put that on the family calendar? So on the family calendar, he's like, what is healthy is hot. And I was like, Oh, it's a podcast. And he's like, LOL, they're having you on. Like it's, it's known that me being on this podcast I'm going to be an anomaly in terms of your guests. And I apologize for that, no, but you I know want what? to be honest. And if there's any mom or anyone who's listening right now, who's like me too, I don't, I'm not making time right now. Like I'm with you and we will, I promise we will. And the thing is, is I'm so glad you were on here and I'm so glad you were on this. I mean, I expected nothing less. And also you just made me pee. So thumbs up to you. Oh, great. Oh, little, yeah, just, it happened. Little dribble. It's oh. I'm excited for your show. I mean, I think it's, I think it's really rad to be this honest because health is sometimes this thing that like people put on a pedestal and it's like, you can do it all. Just make time for yourself. And sometimes it's like, bitch, please. There's literally no time to shower or yeah. I'm like, taking a poop and I have a child on my lap and I have yeah. friends who tell me that too. So I think yeah. it's cool to have chats like this and be like, it's you're killing it as like a mom, you're killing it in your career. And like the health thing you recognize is an important thing, but like, it's just going to have to like wait a little bit and we'll take baby steps to get there. But that's what it is. I do feel that health is a journey. Mm-hmm. It is a lifelong journey. And I watched the JLo documentary recently and she was like, talk to, did you see it? I haven't seen it yet. It's on my list. Okay. It's worth a watch. She talks about the phases. She's like very confident in what the J-Lo phases are. She's like, we got to do the the dance era J-Lo. We got to do the in living color era J-Lo, the pop J-Lo, the mom J-Lo. And I was like, I have my eras with my health. There's like the drunk Jesse era. There's the got super in shape, healthy Jesse era. There's the pregnant with twins fuck my life, Jesse era. There's the trying to get it back together, Jesse era. And now there's the, I have three kids. My insides are black era. So like I have my era and I know I'm going to come out of this mm-hmm. one. It's just, it's just the phase I'm in yeah. currently. Yeah. And I think, and this is something I've never talked about. Um, my mother is calling. So I'm just going to decline that. <laughs> this is something I've never t- talked about, which is like, I am naturally small. And I think when people and like lanky, and I think that people misinterpret being able to fit into my, my jeans a year after having a baby as like, I have my shit together or I'm like exercising or I'm doing something to earn that. And the fact is I'm, I'm, you're way healthier than I am. Every single one of you listening are like, I don't do anything to earn that. And, 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 and I, it's not good. It's not something I'm proud of. It's, it's like, I need to be healthy from the inside out. All right, Jesse, we are going to get your insides to be no longer black. Thank you. Eventually they're going to be like rainbow colored and vibrant and alive. But in the meantime, you are doing so much. I cannot wait to come check out your show. I'm just going to put it out there because I know you don't like to say your goals out loud. I want to see your comedy show, Dear Universe, as an amazing Netflix special. Oh, okay. That the entire okay. world can okay. enjoy. Maybe a 60 minute one so that, you know, yeah, you we'll keep a little something for your live tour. We'll but I'm putting it out there that your comedy show is deserving of a televised event. Going back to your roots. In addition to New Mom Who Dis. In addition to all the other stuff that you do. And freaking, I just, I love it. I'm so glad you hopped on to the Healthiest Hot Podcast as someone who doesn't feel healthy. It's really oh. inspiring to others. God, I'm sorry, Chloe. Did I ruin the whole thing? Is the podcast going to end after this episode? Did I just eclipse the whole 
thing. Um, honesty is part of being healthy and you got that part like down pat. So it's perfect. You are. I am trying. I am trying. I promise I'm trying. And, um, I really thank you. Like I'm inspired by you too. And your honesty and your, this like incredible connection that you have developed with people over these last 10 years is, is something that you should be really proud of. So it's an honor to, um, be on the podcast. And if you want to just cut 90% out of it, (laughs) just make it look like I'm super healthy. We could do that too. I'm not <laughs> done and done. Okay. I'm going to see you at your Toronto show. Yes. Yes. The Royal theater in October. Oh my God. It's going to be out of control. Well, 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 who else is feeling fired up and inspired after that chat? Yeah. Same here. I can't believe I'm saying this, but just like that, another episode of the healthy is hot podcast in the books. Once again, I'm your host, Chloe Wild, and look, if you enjoyed this, go ahead and subscribe so you never miss out. Rate and leave us a cute little comment. Follow us on Instagram at healthyishot. And remember, healthy is fucking beautiful. We'll see you next week. Brought to you by Clarence.